Welcome to the Great Job Podcast, where we help you design your own handbook for raising amazing kids. I'm Emily Mall, a stay-at-home mom who's been in therapy for over a decade and is returning to work now. And I'm Dan Mall, a designer, creative director, entrepreneur, and author. We've been together for over 20 years and have spent the last 12 raising our two daughters. We believe that everyone deserves a non-judgmental space to show up as themselves, share, make mistakes, and grow. On this show, we pull back the curtains on everything we've tried, tested, and thought about so you can feel supported and less alone in your parenting journey. You'll leave each episode with practices, strategies, conversation starters, and support to set your kids up for the best future possible. I'm so excited to talk about boundaries today. This might be the, the reason that we actually started this podcast and this whole company is just to do this, this one episode. Let's talk about what boundaries are, because I don't think everyone understands them totally. Yeah, I agree fully. All right. You want to you wanna start? Uh, let's start with you. What's your definition? Uh, boundaries are where you begin and end as a person. And I think the thing that people, I think, misunderstand about boundaries is I think that they think about boundaries like a prison. Like you put boundaries on someone else when you want to punish or censor or something like this. It's like, and to me, I was like, it's not about that. It's about people's space, both physically and psychologically, and knowing where you begin and end and where other people begin and end. Well, what does that mean? Because that's part of my definition of boundaries. It's, it's your property line that defines where a person ends and where someone else begins. So I like something you like something that doesn't mean there's a blurry property line. Yeah. So, okay. So this is like, we're already into like super abstract land. On <laughs> Sorry. This. No, it's good. I, I think, I think this is why boundaries are such a difficult thing to understand. And I think examples help a lot. And I know that both of us have, have each learned about boundaries from reading a lot about them and then also being able to practice what we've read. Oh yeah. Practice has been, has been a big, big part of my therapy journey in the last decade. So what, what have you read? What have you practiced when it comes to boundaries? My boundaries Bible from a decade ago is the book called Boundaries by Robert Cloud and John Townsend. Henry Cloud. Henry Cloud, sorry. And Robert Townsend? John yep. Townsend? Something like that. Mm-hmm. We should probably should have looked this It'll up. It'll be in the show notes. Cloud and Townsend. Cloud and Townsend. We got that part right. Anyways, they reading that book, um, they both come from religious backgrounds. So even... With that in the book, it's still just chock full of just straight up gold. Yeah, agreed. I think I reference those all the time and and all the different flavors of those books, right? There's boundaries at work, yeah, boundaries in dating, marriage, boundaries in marriage, boundaries with kids. So lots of good flavors of of that book. It's a little cheesy, yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I'll say, but valuable nonetheless. I think that it's all written in kind of allegory. So they're, they're all kind of like parables and they're a and little, the not, stories are a little bit. There's corny. anecdotes and they're like, but they prove the point and they help you really see like the line, the property line. Yeah. And I think that's kind of to our point earlier. I think that's, that's why they're written that way is because like boundaries are such an abstract concept that you need examples and stories to go like, oh, that's what someone sounds like when they have, you know, flexible boundaries or rigid boundaries or that's what they, you know, that's what, that's how you can communicate it or that's what the words sound like. Yes. So the definition, and we're just going to reference a lot of the boundaries with kids book by Cloud and Townsend, and their definition is a boundary is a property line 
that defines a person. It defines where a person ends and someone else begins. If we know where a person's boundaries are, we know what we can expect this person to take control of, him, her, themselves. Nice. I like it. Yeah, I think a lot of it has to do with just where your responsibilities lie. (laughs) Yeah, cool. All right. So uh, there are other books, other books that you have too? So in the last few years, Nedra Glover Tawab has blown up with her book on boundaries. And I think she just came out with another one recently. And I love all watching her on Instagram. She's a Nadra Tawab on Instagram. We can drop that in the show notes too, if you're curious, but she's one of those people, you know how everyone asks you like, you know, if you could have lunch with anyone, who would it be? I'm like, it would be Nedra probably just because you can tell just by the way her demeanor that she has a really chilled out nervous system and that she is responsible for herself and she's not going to come into your business and you don't have to get into hers because she won't even let you into hers. Like in the most like human relatable relationship type of way. And so that's not something you see in a lot of people and it's not something I notice in people. And so I admire it and I would love to have lunch with you, Nedra. Nice. I like it. My lunch one is Kevin Feige. Oh, really? Uh, it's unrelated to this episode. That's fine. Yeah. The guy who architected the whole Marvel Cinematic Universe. I would like love to know how he did that. I think that's why I would want to have a lunch with Netra because Boundaries has been so mind effy to me. It's been something that I didn't know what they were. I didn't have them. They weren't in my family. Um, I think my dad had pretty hard boundaries, but my mom had like none. And so again, there was a lot of like mixed signals and we were in religion. So there's even way more mixed signals of boundaries with yourself, even at that point, because of religious rules and all that kind of stuff. And so once I started to learn about them in therapy, I was like, what? I can just say that to someone and you feel like an a-hole when you have lived your life in service of others. And I'm saying this from a religious kid who's born into religion. Everything is about being selfless and serving others. And that's great. There's definitely space for that. But there's also needs to be space for you to serve yourself and take care of yourself and get your own needs met. And having boundaries allows you to do that because you know what is important to you. You know how to get your needs met. And if you don't say them out loud, no one will know. Not a single person will know. No one can read your mind. And you are an individual. You you are your own unique person. And so you have to be able to say them. And so that at its very basic to me is what boundaries are. And that seems so simplistic. We're all like, yeah, I got needs. Like I tell people, you know, and I'm like, no, 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 we don't though. I don't know why. I think we're just worried about other people not liking us. We're worried about people not loss of relationship. We're worried about hurting people's feelings. And all of that is crossing a boundary. Okay. I have a book that I want to throw into the mix. I have a favorite, a favorite boundaries book. Okay. It's it's related to what you're talking about. That's why I want to mention it. Okay. It's called coping with infuriating mean critical people, which is like the the best title. Uh, It's by Nina Brown, who I think is a psychologist And what I like about this book in particular that I haven't seen in Henry Cloud's book or in Nedra's book is Nina Brown breaks down the four different kinds of boundaries 
Um, so, so I think she says like there are two categories of boundaries, physical and psychological, and then there are four types. And the four types really helped me to understand what, like what boundaries mean and how to have them well and how to have them not well, because there's a version of doing that. And also people have all four, you know, and they, they waffle kind of back and forth between all four. So here are the four. Um, the first one is soft boundaries. And soft boundaries are where basically your boundaries are merged with others. You can't tell where you end and where where other people begin. So that another term for that is enmeshment. Enmeshment, exactly. Right. So like people who have soft boundaries are generally known as like they're enmeshed with someone else. And that could be a parent or a spouse or a child or a friend or something like that. Is that you can't tell, like you basically have groupthink all the time where you're like, oh, this is something that's good for us. And you have no idea whether it's good for you or the other person or bad for you or the other person. So like you're just, just totally a, entwined. Yeah. Like a quick example is, you know, everyone wants to go on a trip somewhere in your friend group and you don't even like leaving the state. You're like, yeah, we all should do this. And you just go along with it because everybody's doing it. Is that like. Yeah, that's, I think that's right. I'll, I have a couple of other examples to share okay, there yeah. as well. Generally, people who have soft boundaries are people who have trouble saying no. Oh, and generally people who have trouble saying no are usually people who are very empathetic. So soft boundaries are tough because empathy is generally seen as a good thing. Like, right, we all want to be more empathetic to people. We want to be, we want to feel their feelings and put ourselves in their shoes and all that kind of stuff. And the, the flip side of that, the danger of that is having soft boundaries. You don't know where you end. You don't know where your needs are not being met, even if other people's needs are being met. I will say, hi, my name is Emily. I'm a recovering soft boundary empath right and um it did not serve me well for most of my life i was enmeshed in an enmeshment with someone i also still struggle with it i think now i'm better because you know again decade of therapy worked on it getting there but i still i'm now i'm a little bit more aware of it and can catch when i'm like wait is this something i care about or are his feelings just so big that now i'm caring about him because his feelings seem bigger than mine and so that for me as an empath was, oh, I need to make someone else's stuff more important than mine. And so I do see how having soft boundaries is dangerous because now what about my needs? Like now I'm going outside of myself. I'm abandoning myself in order to caretake and and make somebody else's needs more important than mine. And so you can see that that's confusing in religion because we really are especially in ours was big on taking care of the needs of others. And so being selfless and that's next to godliness or whatever. And so I had some mixed messages on that, but like now as an adult and like being able to teach my kids and, and seeing the way they react to the world, I'm like, I don't want that for them. I want you to understand like what you need is important. So for example, we just had this with our youngest. She rolled her ankle at school and she came home hobbled her way from the bus stop to the house. And she looked at me, just started sobbing. And I'm like, Charlie, what's wrong? And she's like, I rolled my ankle at school and it really hurts. And she's just like sobbing and sobbing. I'm like, what did you tell your teachers? Did it just happen? And she was like, it happened at recess. I was like, why didn't you say anything to your teachers? And she was like, I don't know. And she's, I think, our empathetic kid. She has the deep empathy and is just doesn't want to be a burden and doesn't want to you know, make her needs bigger than the louder kids in class. So, you know, we, we had a conversation later and we even had parent teacher conferences that night and the teachers were like, why didn't she tell us? And we were like, yeah, I they know. had no idea. They had no idea that she had rolled her ankle. Yeah. So yeah. I'm like, 
that's something, you know, we as parents can help her with now and be like, hey, you, your needs are important. You need to speak up, even if, you know, the teachers are busy or whatever. If you are in pain, that is not something you just eat. You don't just eat that for breakfast. Yeah. I think that the soft boundaries one are the most dangerous one because a lot of those qualities we uphold in society as good. Yeah. You're supposed to be meek. You're supposed to be kind. You're supposed to put others above yourself. And they are good things when they're done well and when they're done with boundaries, with good boundaries. But I think they can be abused really easily. And I'm going to be a little bit cliche, but I think it's especially a, a female thing where it's like, no, a woman is nice and sweet and kind and gentle. And she doesn't have many needs because her needs are the family's needs. And that's what's important. And it's not as basic as like self-care and bubbles and wine. It's like, no, 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 your needs are the things that you are not getting met. And they're going to be more individualistic than a bubble bath. They're going to be, hey, I need you to show up for me when so-and-so and X and whatever happens. And I need you to let me know when, like, there's just, there's just a difference, I think. Yeah, totally agree with that. I am not an empathetic person. And I know you had mentioned in, pre- in previous episodes that, like, you think that I'm good at boundaries. And I think it's because I lack empathy. I don't have a lot of empathy for others. And I think that allows me to not have soft boundaries because I am very aware of my own needs. Uh, I'm not good at getting them met, but I'm at least aware of them, you know? And so that's half the battle. Yeah, that's exactly. So just being in touch with those helps you to not have soft boundaries. The second type to go to is the opposite of soft boundaries, which is rigid boundaries. And I think that when a lot of people think about boundaries, they think about going from like, oh, I have soft boundaries to going, okay, well, I need to have more rigid boundaries. And it's like, well, not not exactly. That's that's all. That's like too much of a pendulum swing to the other side. So people who have rigid boundaries are usually people who are walled off. You know, people who. So like, if if people who have soft boundaries are people who have a hard time saying no. People who have rigid boundaries are, have a hard time saying yes. Like they're the ones that say no to everything. They're the recluses. They're the people who are, you know, who are like, I'm just going to stay inside. I'm not going to talk to anybody. I'm not going to do, you know, any of that well, stuff. Well, they're the people that relationship is hard with them because they're so closed off. They don't let anyone in. Again, though, rigid boundaries are are useful sometimes. Right. I'm not saying it's totally wrong. None of these are like, you know... You're doomed. And I think people who have rigid boundaries or people who have rigid boundaries sometimes, and we'll get into that part too, are generally known as like, oh, they're cold or they're a jerk. Yeah. You know, and I think that that's again, that's like a pendulum swing the other way. And I think that's also what's tough about having boundaries is that if you have any form of rigid boundaries, even the healthy kind, people see you as like, oh, you're selfish or you're a jerk or you're cold or you don't you don't care or you don't have relationship or any of those kinds of things, which is, again, what makes people not want to have boundaries because they don't want to be known as any of those things. So that was difficult for me when we first were together and maybe in our first years of marriage when you would uphold boundaries or you would try to help me have boundaries, I pushed back so hard. I was so resistant to you being like, Em, you can't go to the party because you don't want to. And I was like, what? I can't go because I don't want to? That is okay. And you were like, it is a boundary. You can't go to something that you don't want to go to. And I was like, it took me a long time to really just like digest that and understand the truth of that. Because the truth is I would be abandoning myself. I would be abandoning my wants and my needs in order to take care of somebody else's. The person who's throwing the party. Oh, well, I'm already crossing the boundary, assuming they need me there. But I mean, they did invite me. So that's something. But it's like 
but also do they want me there if I don't want to go? Like, and that's a conversation none of us are willing to have because that's awkward and it's not like, it's difficult and weird. So there's that one video with Quinta. Yeah, um, Quinta Brunson. Yeah, yeah, it was. it's from years ago before she was on Abbott Elementary. And it's one of my favorite, favorite ways to understand boundaries because it was around this time when I think you even like showed it to me. You're like, "Em, this is boundaries. And it's this video of Quinta sitting at a table with four other like white guys at her work. And they're like, oh, Quinta, we want you to come to this like work party after work um, this weekend and work. And she's like, oh, no, thank you. And they're like, oh, well, you know, like we really want you to be there. So like it'd be really cool if maybe you could stop by even just for a little bit. And she's like, yeah, no, I don't think I'm going to do that. And they're like, oh, is it like because because, you know, you have like somebody in town or you got something going on that night. And she's like, no. And they're like, oh, well, like, you know, is it something we did? Did we like insult you or did we do something? She's like, no. And like they just go on and on. They spend like 10 more ways trying to like understand her no. And finally, I think so she gets to the end and they're like, so like, do you, do you mind telling us why you won't come? She's like, because I don't want to. And they were like, oh. And she didn't say it as like, it isn't like a mean or nasty, like, I don't want to. Gross. Ew, I don't want to go to this party. It was just like, I just don't want to. It's not my thing. And they were like, oh. And so it was a great example of how no is a complete sentence. You don't owe anyone an explanation. You don't have to tell anyone why. If they ask you and you want to tell them, great, go for it. If you want to just allow them and have that kind of relationship with them where you are willing to explain yourself and get into that, great. But no is also totally fine. There's there's two other parts of that video that I think are worth highlighting. One, one is that the whole time that she's having this conversation, she does so with a smile. And I think that is like, that's one of those things that like she was calm, she was composed, she wasn't putting up boundaries as a consequence or a punishment to someone, which I think is a lot of the ways that people do boundaries is like someone crossed my line, so I have to boom, boundary. I'm going to put a boundary there as like a, a reaction. And it's like, no, it doesn't have to be a reaction. So she does it with like a complete smile on her face. You know, she does it in like, it's very pleasant. It is how she operates. It's not, she, it's not out of anger. And I think the other part of that, that that's worth talking about is that at some point, the, the coworkers that are talking to her about it, they get angry, you know, because she's not giving them a reason. And I think at one point, one of them says like, what is your reason for not coming to the party? And she goes with a smile on her face, my reason is that I do not want to, right? And it's yeah. like, it's so calm. And it's like, that's it's, what it looks like to take care of your needs. If you don't want to, don't go. And that doesn't mean you're mean. That doesn't mean you're, you know, you hate someone. It doesn't mean that you're not doing your part. It's because you're, you're getting your needs met. You yeah. are upholding what you need because you know where you stop and, and where somebody else begins. I think where people would push back on that is, you know, she's sitting in a room with three men and she's, I don't like the smiling part. So you're like, yeah, she's, I'm like, okay, let's say she's neutral. Even if she's a neutral and she's not angry nor happy, she's just like, I don't want to. Like she's trying to eat her lunch. She's just like, eh. like she's not reacting to their like irritation with her and they're pushing, they're, they're literally pushing against her boundary, which is no. And she's just kind of like, ah. Eh. And so you don't have to give your no the smile. Women out there don't smile if you don't want to. So I'm going to push back on that a little bit. But also I think what other people would push back on is it's like a three against one situation too sometimes. And sometimes people pushing against your boundaries feels like that. It feels like everyone being like, what is wrong with you? why are you saying no to this? Something must be wrong with you. And that is hard to sit and take. 
Yeah, agreed. And thank you for clarifying that. I wasn't saying that anyone needs to smile to it. The point that I was trying to make is that it can be part of your calmness. A boundary is not a reaction to someone. It can be, but that's not the only time that boundaries come into play is, is, as a reaction. It's like you can be who you are. You can be calm. You can be composed. You can be happy. You can be sad. You can be angry. Like None of those things affect whether or not boundaries are appropriate in that situation. Like it's not, it's not, I, I guess I'm reacting to the fact that it's like a lot of people use them as prisons for others. Oh yeah, you you you're trying to pr- bring this on me. Bam, boundary on you. Like it's like a retaliation. But that's an act of control. That's a like, oh, I don't like that you're doing this, so now I'm going to control the situation. It's almost like the power dynamic has shifted because someone is not getting what they want. And so the way they come at you is now almost like a battle. And it's like if you can stay calm and you can stay in your lane and remember that like I mean, this isn't about me. And what is about me is that I don't want to go to this party. And that's it. And if you aren't willing to be, get your mind changed or you aren't willing to share why, you don't have to. And anyone can come at, they can come at you angry. This was my teenage years of like learning about boundaries. I was like, wait, I held, I put up a boundary, but people can push on my boundary. And I remember this conversation with you Specifically, you're like, yeah, Em, people can push on your boundaries all day. They can do whatever they want. Putting a boundary up isn't controlling someone else. It is controlling yourself. It is being responsible for yourself. So specifically like, hey, I don't want you to come in my house. So I shut the door. They can knock on the door all day. They could try to call me. They could do all these things. And it's my reaction is the only thing I can control to th- with that. And I was like, that sucks because it was hard enough just to like shut the door. That was hard. So the next step is holding the boundary, which is some of the, like, the hardest part. And then the third step is holding the consequence of someone pushing against your boundary because you have a limit. And I think you have a, a larger limit than I do. You're willing for people to push for a longer time than me. I'm usually like one and done. Did you not hear me? I'm a little bit impatient with that. I'm working on that. But the consequence now is, hey, I've said this to you three times now. It's getting to the point where like, if you keep coming and knocking on my door, I will call the police. I will get a restraining order. I will do something because it's at the point now where you're not hearing me. You're not respecting my no. You're not like listening. And now I have to go outside of myself, you know, and make sure that this, I have to protect myself literally because you aren't willing to be respectful. So I think there's some interesting parts about what you said, uh, especially in like, when can you call the police, right? You can, you can only call the police when someone violates you or your property, right? Yeah. Like if somebody is doing something wacky outside and, you know, minding their own business or on their own property, it's like, I mean, I can't call the police on them unless they violate me. And I think that's a really good model for boundaries is like, if someone came into my house, I'm calling the police right away, like, because they are literally trespassing. If they're out in the street, in the yard, we live in a cul-de-sac. So like if they're out in the cul-de-sac, like acting a fool, I mean, it's annoying and it sucks. And I wish that they weren't, but that's kind of them doing their own thing. And I think that's an important part of boundaries is like if someone comes into your space, into your property, you know, physically, you know, certainly physically, but definitely psychologically, that's a point for you to go, hey, you got to get out of here. Like because you're in my space now and you're encroaching on something that's mine as opposed to if they're doing something outside, it sucks. You know, and I, you know, I know we talked about this recently. Like, I had a situation where there was something that was crossing my boundaries, and I was like, I'm just gonna let it ride because I was so tired of even just the thought that someone's just gonna keep knocking on my door. I was just like, I, 
I'm already exhausted by how much energy I feel like I'm going to have to put forward to even just hold that boundary. And so sometimes it's like, well, I'm just going to do that thing. And I remember you saying to me, like, why are you doing that? Why are you letting people do this to you? And it was because like, I'm already exhausted. I haven't even I haven't even put up this boundary, but even anticipating putting it up feels exhausting. I have something to say to that because, yeah, that was bananas to me. That was like like a month ago. I haven't seen you so resigned that you would allow someone to crush. I was like, we kind of got into it. I was like upset. I was like, I feel physically upset right now because you're allowing someone to cross your boundary, even though you don't want them to like, Hey, and I know it led to you maybe putting the boundary up anyways, but here's what I'm going to say about that exhaustion of the like, well, it's just going to have to keep happening. That is also like, it's the, again, holding of the boundary is the hardest part. And especially with like, in my experience with the older generations that sometimes they have their set ways of doing things. And if you're trying to change a pattern or a behavior, you might have to repeat yourself a couple of times. And that's a part I personally hate. However, I refuse to abandon myself and my wants and my needs because they are unable to hear me or to accept this change. And I am willing to help them accept and learn this new change because it is a new thing. And so that has taken me a while to get to. And I have a specific example that I'm kind of proud of that I've done recently. Is okay if I Yeah, go for it. Go for it. So last year at Thanksgiving, we invited Dan's mom over to help cook. And we were having everyone over around like 12. And so I think you talked to her about coming at like 11, but she showed up at like 8 a.m. And, you know, we're I'm an introvert. Having someone in my house before I'm even like alive is uncomfortable to me. It's a me thing. And so I was like, okay, well, I think you talked to her about it, whatever. And then over the last, the past like few months recently, She's been coming over to take the kids out to lunch on the weekends. And so, again, that's a she comes to take them out to lunch at 12. But it's she's been showing up earlier and earlier to the point she came at like nine one day. And I was like, we weren't all in our pajamas just waking up. The kids hadn't even eaten breakfast yet. We hadn't brushed our We weren't dressed. And she comes in and I was like, I just this is not OK anymore. This is literally my property. And if I'm ever going to practice boundaries and uphold boundaries and put all the stuff I've learned over the last few years, like into practice, this is a good time. So let me like go brush my teeth and get dressed and I'll come down and I'll talk to her. And so I did, I came downstairs and I was like, Hey, I love you. It's good to see you. Also, can you give us a heads up next time? So because this was a lot. We weren't ready for you. And it was helpful that we had the kids in the background be like, yeah, we didn't even eat yet. We didn't even brush our teeth. And I was like, yeah. So we just need some more time and also would really appreciate just like a text so we could like opt in or out of this because, you know, we really weren't ready for you. And so she's like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah. And, you know, Dan said to me later, you might have to tell her this a couple times. And I was like, that's fine. I was like, and even my therapist was like, Em, you know, she's, you might have to prepare yourself for her to just like be sitting in your driveway for three hours. And I was like, that's great. If she understands my boundary that I'm not ready to have visitors, you know, at eight o'clock in the morning, be like three hours earlier than we agreed upon. And she's willing to just, you know, sit outside and be chill. Like, Hey, 
that's great. That's her version of listening to me. And if I'm cool with it, great. I was like, she could sit outside on my front porch and just chill there if that's what she wants. But like, you know, I have drawn a line and I see that as like the clearest version of boundaries because I need time to wake up, to get ready, to clean the house, to pick up, to brush my teeth, to like put a bra on, to like get my life together, you know, before I have visitors in my house. And some people are fine with that. And that's great for them, but that's not who I am. And it's nothing like, it's not that I'm mad at her or, but what I did learn after setting this boundary with her was that now there was more space and room for relationship with her. I didn't have any resentment sitting on my heart. I didn't have any bitterness about her just like showing up whenever she wanted to because in this instance, she's doing whatever she wants. And since I haven't let her know I don't like that, that's on me. She's, she's still doing whatever she wants to the degree that someone says don't. So I was like, it's on me to let her know I don't like this. And that's a part of relationship. Letting someone know, what you like and what you don't like. And that's part of, to me, what a big piece of boundaries is, is knowing yourself and knowing what you want and what you don't want, what you like and what you don't like. And if you don't know those things, it's going to be impossible to have boundaries. I love that. I want to finish the two other definitions because I think it's it's a great tie into what you just said, right? Four, so four types of boundaries, soft boundaries and rigid boundaries. Like they're, they're both extreme versions and they're extreme, they're opposites of each other. What's right in the middle is spongy boundaries, which is when people toggle back and forth, waffle back and forth between sometimes they're soft and sometimes they're rigid. But the big difference, and that sounds like, well, what's wrong with that? The big difference between uh, spongy boundaries and then the best kind of boundaries, which is flexible boundaries, is with spongy boundaries, you don't decide. You can't decide. You're just like, like, and people don't know how to understand you or how, not even how to understand you. They don't know how to be in relationship with you because sometimes you're hot and sometimes you're cold and they don't know when and you haven't communicated to them. So spongy boundaries is like, sometimes you have soft boundaries, anything, anything is fine. And then other times you have rigid boundaries and anything is fine. And the difference between spongy boundaries and flexible boundaries is with flexible boundaries, you decide. It's your intention. It's the thing that you pick consciously. It's your choice. And so I think a lot of people think that boundaries are, okay, if you have boundaries, you're like a very rigid person. And it's like, no, you get to pick when you are rigid. So you get to pick the times where it's like, yeah, you know, it's fine when people stop over. And then there are other times when it's not fine when people stop over. That's what like being a whole person is. It's like, it's not that you're extreme one way all the time. Like, yeah, anybody can come over at any time and I will always be fine with it. Or no one can come over at any time and because I will never be fine with it. It's like, on holidays, you can come over. On non-holidays, you can't come over. And just being able to say, like, these are the things that I want. These are the choices that I've made. I think I relate boundaries to choices. It's like boundaries allow you to have choice and make choices that aren't about anybody else's business. They're about what you want and what you need. And I think I like thinking about them as even more than just needs, but I think the wants part is is important too. Um, because needs are just like, you know, we all need water and we all need food and we all need the same thing in the what a hierarchy of needs. But wants are like wants can be irrational and wants are mostly irrational. Like a lot of the times it's like, you know, I just want a cheesesteak. It's like, well, you just had a cheesesteak. Well, I want another one. And so I should have the ability to be able to do that, you know, and somebody else might say to me, oh, well, that's that's weird or that's odd or you're spending too much money or whatever. And it's like, well, that's what I want. So that's what I'm going to do. And I'm going to get those wants met 
as opposed to those needs met. And I think that's an important thing about like having flexible boundaries is that you get a chance to decide those things. And like you're saying, once you are able to decide, then you can communicate that with others that you want to be in relationship with. And if they don't want to honor those things, well, that's fine. That's up to them. But you're doing the thing that is above reproach. You're doing the thing that's like you're communicating your needs. You're asking for them. You're asking for your wants and you're setting the space. And if people don't want to meet them, you know, that's up to them. That's their choice. That's within their boundaries to be able to to honor or not honor. Yeah. And I think it's also important to talk about what boundaries are not, because when we have friends talk to us about boundaries, a lot of the conversation is around them not realizing that they are actually trying to control another person by setting a boundary. And I'm like, it's that's not right. And so I have a, a list of the stuff I love this that um, Nedra Tawab says, what is not setting a boundary. She says it's pushing someone to think and be like you, not setting a boundary. Managing areas of someone's life that have no impact on you, i.e. not minding your business, not setting a boundary. Determining what another person can or can't do with their life, it's not setting a boundary. It's none of your business. Demanding that people change for you. Manipulating people into changing their behavior. Creating rules for how others should do things in their life or telling people what's best for them. So the one I kind of want to talk about is the getting people to change because it it sounds like, so even in the example of asking my mother-in-law to not come to my house early, is it sounds like I'm trying to control her behavior. I'm not, I'm trying to get what I want. She's also trying to get what she wants. She is bored or wants to come early or whatever her reasons are. She's doing whatever she wants. She wants to come to the house early before we had an agreed upon time. But I, in that scenario, do not get what I want, which is I don't want anyone in my house that early, or I want the option to allow or not allow someone to my house that early. By her coming in, it takes away my choice. Now I'm like, oh, well, you're here. Either now I have to kick you out or I let you stay and then I'm miserable and you get everything you want. And so what I want is the ability to opt in or out of this. Hey, M, can I come to your house um, a little bit early? I have a bunch of free time. I want to get started on the cooking, blah, blah, blah. And I can be like, yes, that's fine. Actually, can you come just only an hour earlier? Because we still need time to get ready. I mean, so we both can get what we want there. We can whatever. But I'm not trying to control her by being like, you can't come to my house anymore. Blah. blah. It's not that strict. It's more of a like, how can we be in a relationship where we both get what we want. Yeah, I think the line that gets crossed is when you are telling, like you said, like when you're telling people what to do. I want you to sit in my driveway for the for two hours. It's like, well, that's their choice. Like they get to choose whether they want to sit in your driveway or not come, not show up or show up early or whatever. You're just telling them where the line is. Um, one thing that I want to talk about in this is to kind of transition to like, how does this work with kids? I think one of the places where boundaries gets really tricky and not knowing that you're crossing someone else's or justifying crossing somebody else's boundaries is the idea of like, oh, I'm doing something that's good for somebody else, right? When you decide what's good for someone else, that's tricky territory where you start to encroach on their boundaries. Even if you're doing something good for them, even if they agree that you're doing something good for them, it is still an encroachment of boundaries. So, you know, one of the, the phrases that I use to remind myself when I talk about like flexible boundaries is I love the phrase, not my circus, not my monkeys, right? Which is like, like, and I think that's a calm way to, to deal with it. It's like, yeah, I mean, I might have an opinion about what somebody is doing or not doing, but you know what? 
if it's not my circus, it's not my monkeys, I don't make the rules for them. I don't need to do to do those things. Where it gets really tricky is when it comes to your kids, because as a Ooh. parent, your job is partially to do what's right or what's good for someone else on their behalf, you know, assuming on their behalf. And in that case, it is your circus and they are your monkeys. It's your responsibility. Yeah, totally. So I think maybe that's the thing that we'll get into the next episode. You yes. know, now that we've kind of talked about boundaries, we're going to do a boundaries, boundaries part like, two. How do we talk about boundaries with kids? You know, because it because there are a lot of opportunities to cross boundaries and some of them are well intentioned and some of them are good and some of them have a good benefit. Does that mean you're not crossing boundaries? It doesn't. You still are. So how do we draw the line and what lines are appropriate? You know, all of those. I think we've got a lot for that topic, too. Yeah. All right. So should we leave that for part two? Absolutely. All right. Well, hopefully this episode helped you understand boundaries a little bit more. Um, if you're listening, if you're new to boundaries, they're a hard thing. You got to practice them a bunch. So hopefully having our perspective on it helped you to kind of um, maybe gave some examples on some things that you might do differently or have some affirmation on some things that you are doing, like hold those lines, even though it's really difficult and sometimes it's exhausting. Uh, it's worth doing. It's worth the work. So if you're doing that, um, keep it up. We think you're doing a great job. You're doing a great job. Thank you so much for joining us. If you love this content, please download the episode, subscribe to the podcast and share with anyone in your life who wants to be more intentional about raising amazing kids. If you want more from us, please join our email list at greatjob.kids newsletter to get more parenting strategies, tips, tools, and templates directly to your inbox. You can also find Great Job on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, and Facebook. You're doing a great job.